Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Who Press, where we talk about basketball and wrestling unscripted and uncensored. My name is Darrell Thomas. My name is Jonathan Brown. And generally, we'll be joining us a little bit later, but let's start this off off the jump. First things first, the WNBA All-Stars team has officially been announced, and here's the roster. We have Dewana Bonner, Liz Kendage, Leah Copper, Derek Hamby, Brianna Jones, Josco Jones, Ben Laney, Enrique, Candace Parker, Sethusa Belly, Courtney Vandersloot, and Courtney Williams. This game is about to be a banger. Like, if this they're they're, they're doing the team WNBA versus USA women, team USA, that's that's that game is about to be some key, man. Like, I'm I'm just looking at these rosters, bro. I I gotta go with Team USA personally, but this would be this would be an interesting game. Wait, okay, why 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 do you uh, shake your head? <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first. Say your opinion. Right, man. I mean, Team WNBA they got they they have some true hoopers on this list, bro. Like Dewana Bonner, Liz Cambage. John Cole Jones and Nigel Laney, they're going off for sure. Candace Parker is about to go crazy. Courtney Vandersloot, y'all already know how she is. That girl, she gonna, she gonna get some. But this team USA, man, I, I can't bet. I cannot bet. Diana, Brittany, Sky, like they got the whole, they got the Phoenix Big Three in there, along with Julie Roy, Goat Brianna, well, current Goat Brianna, two birds. Tina Charles, who's the leading the leading scorer in the WNBA right now. I, I can't I can't see nobody beating this team. I'm sorry. I, I just can't. So why why are you going team WNBA? I'm going team WNBA. Cause we have Arike Okumbalawe and Benija Laney, who can score the ball very well on the same team. And let me just say, when the New York Liberty played against the Mystics, Ariel Atkins was guarding Benajelani. And Benajelani had, what, 16 in the first half? I, I mean, unless, you know, you have a Sue Bird or Chelsea Gray guarding her, but I think Benajelani is going to go off. And you got Candace Parker, you know, she's going to, She's gonna bring the team together, lead it as the captain of the team. Liz Cambage, she's had no problems against scoring against Tina Charles. You got Dewana Bonner, who can score, who can shoot the ball very well. John Quill Jones just got back from the Eurobasket tournament, and she can rebound the ball very well, averaging averaging a double-double like it's too easy for her. Courtney Vandersloot is just going to make great plays, find a wide open person, and then Courtney Williams, she can hoop too. I'm I, I mean I, I I got team WA WNBA. I think they're gonna win by five points, but see I, I agree with every single point you just made, man, but I can't bet against I, I can't bet against the USA I think this is going to be really, really close, but I got Team USA pulling this out, man. Like, this is like, bro, we talked about it in the last episode, bro. This is the this is the Olympic team from God, bro. Like, 
this is the god here in USA with his basketball team. And I like, like honestly, I like this new format. Um, like I, at first I wasn't too sure about the NBA they all start getting new format, but I I love it. This format at first it was real questionable, but I like it. Like I like it a lot because it, it's not like Team USA wasn't full of all stars already. Like the the vast majority of this list was going to be a guaranteed all star regardless. So it's still it's still basically an all star game. It's just a couple of players who weren't going to be all stars on the team. This game is going to be insane. Like this is going to be some of the best women's basketball we see. Like this year, this is the year of the WNBA for real, and I'm, I mean that. And that brings us to our next topic, and this 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 bothers me a lot. The WNBA deserves better. And we talked on a previous episode about why you should watch the WNBA. And, you know, our reason was that, well, for one, they're excellent basketball players. Everybody thinks just because they're not dunkers. Dunks are cool, but they don't make the game. Okay, that's it's not. They, they're very, very skilled. They know what they're doing. Their work in social justice has been incredible. Again, look at Maya Moore. Like she took, she left the league to continue her social justice work. These are women who not only care about the game of basketball, they care about racial injustice, injustice against the LGBTQ plus community. They care. Here's what I mean when I say the WNBA deserves better. So one of the things that we did talk about in that episode was how to watch the games. And, you know, I have WNBA League Pass, so I'm, I'm the big, I rarely miss games. But for this to be the women's version of the National Basketball Association, where the NBA playoffs are on ESPN, TNT, sometimes ABC, they have an entire NBA TV channel. There is no reason why WNBA games should be shown exclusively on Twitter or Amazon Prime or some random TV network that you may not heard of. Like, there's no reason why I have to go to Facebook Live to watch a WNBA game. That makes no sense to me. The WNBA, they need to have a platform. Like, they have a huge platform, but at the same time, they still have a platform. How is it that these women are blowing out every single night and they don't get TV time like that? Like, at least ESPN3. At least. I say just ESPN in general. Look. For those of you, all right, for those of y'all that don't you know, I forgot what SIAC stands for, but that's uh, the division that Morehouse, Clark, and a whole bunch of other schools are in sports. SIAC just signed a deal with ESPN so that our game will be on ESPN. So Morehouse game, basketball, football, whatever sport will be on ESPN. And I'm I'm happy for that because some of my close friends are going to be on ESPN and get to showcase the talent. But if a Division two school can get on ESPN, but the WNBA can't, that's an issue. But John, what do, what do you think? Like, when, do you, when, I, when I ask, does the WNBA deserve better, what do you, what do you think? I, the WNBA do deserve better. Um, it's the 25th year. I think during year 10, 
of the league's formation, they should have came together and be like, you know what? We should have our own channel. The NBA has their own channel, NBA TV. We should just, you know, have our own channel, WNBA TV, and have and have the games on there, have like your own little shows on there, like inside the NBA, but inside the WNBA, um, and like in, like um, insider stuff, and just have the WNBA version of it, just have their own channel of it, have all of the games be put on there, whether it's back-to-back-to-back games or just the replay of the games on there. Just have that on there. Also, the games being on social media, I mean, that's cool and all, but nobody wants to be on social media to watch the game, to live stream the game. People go on social media just to tweet or post on whatever they want to post on their accounts. Nobody wants to watch the game on social media. We just want to see some memes and scroll. I mean, that's cool and all. It brings like people to watch it and brings an innovative way to watch the game. But people want to watch the game either in person or on or on TV, not on social media. I, that's why I'm kind of iffy about that. So I think WNBA do deserve better, but I also want to bring accountability onto the league. Like, hey, why didn't you think of this earlier when like, when it was like year five or year 10 into the league or year 15? Like, hey, why can't we create our own channel so we can have our own games? Also, WNBA used to have like TV sponsorship deal on oxygen oxygen and lifetime which are women channels <laughs> channels that are made for women so why can't you bring the wba back onto those channels so you can have women actually watching one woman play so i don't understand that part like hey these channels are specifically made to have a target audience for women and wba is women players. If if majority of the viewers of WNBA are men and we're trying to bring in women viewers, why can't we just bring the WNBA to Lifetime and Oxygen instead of just having it on social media? If we bring it on Lifetime and Oxygen, that's more platforms that the WNBA has instead of just instead of just waiting for the game to just appear on ESPN or NBA TV. And I'll, I'll tell you like a different story. Um, I just moved out here to Atlanta. Back home in DC, every Mrs. game is shown on TV, whether it's a home game or an away game. It's always shown on TV uh, on the NBC, NBC Sports Washington channel. I come out here, I can't even watch any Mystics games. I can't even watch their away games. I barely watch their home games because I have to wait until the game is on national television. So it's just it's just very disappointing to see that WBA is still not being respected well enough. And I also want to bring accountability onto WNBA's part of like we should have been here, 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 right year 25. What are we doing? So Right. I, I agree with what you said in regards to like holding the WNBA accountable, but at the same time, I mean, you know how this country is when it comes to women, especially black women. I feel like they've tried. And you know, of course, like you got NBA players wearing the orange hoodie, you know. If it wasn't so hot, I'd be wearing mine. 
they're wearing the orange hoodie, they're going to the games, but for some strange reason, nobody's going to the games, which that that's a shame, man. Y'all missing out on some real good basketball. Like playoff basketball, playoff basketball right now, I understand, but when the playoffs weren't running and the WNBA was going on, like y'all, there should be more people at the game, especially if NBA players themselves are going, not just because oh, well, they're supporting women. Well, they are, but they're playing good basketball as well. So. With that, I just thought of another topic that I want to bring up as far as the opposite of playing well. And I'm going to ask you first, John, um, which NBA player, I mean, not NBA, which WNBA player were you looking forward to who's been very disappointed this season so far? And I feel like we low-key might have the same answer. But I'm going to let you go first. Which WNBA player has been the most disappointing this season. Mm. I'm gonna have to say, ooh. I don't know. Either Charlie Collier or, dang, Charlie Collier or, um, That's all I got. Um, you were the number one draft pick, but only averaging four points a game. Come on now. That can't be happening. That that just can't be happening. Like you can't just be the number one pick and average four points a game. I understand it takes time to improve, get adjusted to the league, but when you're the number one draft pick, you you have an outstanding expectation of you. You gotta average at least 10. When you have a second rounder from the New York Liberty averaging 10 points per game, way more than you. I believe coming off the bench, I believe, or starting. And and it's just outstanding. It's that's just unacceptable to me. So I have to say Charlie Collier. It may be someone else. I'm just not, it's just not popping in my in my mind right now, but I would like to hear Jarrell, your opinion. So I can either agree with you or disagree with you. I can't believe I have to say this. This, this really pains me that I actually have to say this out loud. But the player that I've been the most disappointed in this season thus far has to be Serena Ionescu. Um, after the first three games of last season where she went off and, you know, the injury happened, and we're all just like, dang, like, Sabrina was really playing so well. And then we get to this season, and to the first three games, and the first game of the season, that game winner was beautiful. Then she had a triple-double a couple games later. But then after that, I don't know what happened. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to stick that overrated label on Sabrina at all. I, I don't. You know, she's got the State Farm commercial with Chris Paul. You know, she's she's doing great for herself. But after what I saw, like I know it was only the first three games, but for her to after those first three games only be averaging on the season, ten points, three turnovers, 
you know, she's averaging six rebounds, six assists. But she's shooting 33% from the field and 36% from three. And that, it hurts, man, because I was really like, bro, like, this is my rookie of the year pick. I don't, I don't care what anybody else has to say. Sabrina, she coming back with a vengeance. And so that, it hurts me so bad, bro. Like, because I mean, in the three games she played last year, she averaged 18 points. She had 4.7 rebounds, four assists. She was shooting 45% from the field. 35% from three, 100 from the free throw line. Yes, that was only three games. So yes, it's more sample size. But if you see somebody on a stretch like that as a rookie in their first three games, that most of the time, that means that they're going to be very special. Like in the NBA, when we've seen it, there have been some guys who have truly fallen off. Like Tyreek Evans. Um... This it, it 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 sucks, you know. I I really like Sabrina. I really do. I like her game. Um, it really hurts because I I was just rooting for her, you know. I I forgot how the Liberty are playing right now. Um, they are now the seventh seed, and she's not even the best rookie on her team. I can't think of her name right now. I can't. I'm, I'm, I can't think. Michaela is something. Mika- it's Michaela, but she has like a weird last name. Hold on, let me I'm gonna let me search you up. Uh, Michaela Weary. Yeah, she's she's playing great basketball. Like it's a rookie. Exactly, man. Like this is what I expected Sabrina to do, and unfortunately, she's just not. She hasn't been performing that well. And it sucks, man. Like, it, it really does. So, um, I'm hoping during the All-Star break, she just takes some time, you know. I don't want to say, like, oh, she needs to get in the gym, but she does. She she has a lot to work out. I don't – is this a Ben Simmons situation where she lost her confidence? I don't know. But I I really hate seeing this for Sabrina, man, because she has so much potential as a player. And I just, I just hope after the All-Star break, we see that same Sabrina and Nessie again. Mm-hmm. But, wow, man, that, that, really, that really hurt my feelings actually having to say that out loud. <laughs> but Sorry. Sorry. With that being said, that is going to bring us to the end of our WNBA portion. And now let's move on to worst take. The segment of the show where we will react to your basketball and wrestling hot takes live. And I got some pretty interesting NBA takes. And um, the first one, um, this one says Reggie Jackson still doesn't deserve a bag. I disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree, bro. But that uh, look, I I I I I would say it live on the podcast. Like I said it on Twitter, I said it in our group chat. I will say this shit out loud right now, and I can't believe I'm saying this. But Reggie Jackson earned my respect back with this with this series, bro. There is no fucking way that he doesn't get back. Like he was out playing playoff P, which. It isn't really that hard, but I'm we gonna say the playoff team right? for a little bit later. But Reggie Jackson bought his ass off. Like real talk. He did things that I didn't think Reggie Jackson could do. 
guy, um, an old Reggie with the Piston, like he has some great games. He, but in the fourth quarter, Reggie Jackson used to be hot garbage. And he used to try to play hero ball, and it never worked. And that's part of why him and, and Drummond and Blake and Sam Van Gundy didn't work in Detroit. For him to go to a Clippers team, start off on the bench behind Patrick Beverly of all people, play his way into the starting lineup in the Western Conference Finals and be able to play that well, he earned my respect. So I definitely think Reggie Jackson deserves to get paid, man. Yeah, um, Reggie Jackson, he deserves a a bag. He deserves a huge contract extension what, or just a new contract with a new team. He deserves something and he should be utilized more than Patrick Beverly. Um, sounds better. Um, Reggie Jackson has gained a lot of people's respect and a lot of people hate the Clippers. And when you win the Clippers and gain a lot of people's respect then You've done something very well. And Reggie Jackson played very well in the playoffs, helping them advance past the Mavericks, beat the – beat the uh, what was it in the second round? Who did they beat in the second round? Uh, Utah. Yeah, and beat Utah and have a fight against Phoenix, even though they lost a six, but actually put up a fight against them. So Reggie Jackson deserves to be looked at, in my opinion – like a contract status equivalent to Kimba Walker and Gordon Hayward. And the crazy thing about it, bro, like Reggie Jackson outplayed Kimba Walker. Like, yeah. I mean, I know that doesn't really say that much anymore, but like, bro, Reggie Jackson does deserve that bag. So I, I have to, I, I really have to disagree with that take. But uh, John, did you have any? Uh, I didn't have any hot takes. Got you. Um, this other one says the Suns are lucky Kawhi was hurt. Hell no. Hell, listen, Kawhi is that guy. Don't get me wrong, but the Phoenix, something like bro, I told everybody from the get go that the Phoenix Suns they were gonna be a really really great team. Personally, I didn't see the I didn't see the second seed at first, but once we got to like All Star break. I'm like that team. That's that's the NBA. That is a championship team. And you know, I like I like Kawhi a lot, but um, Kawhi can only do so much. Like he's carried before, but not to this type, this level. Okay, like when Kawhi won with the Raptors, he still had Kyle Lowry. He still had um Mr. Beyblade. You know, Siakam. Um. He, he, he still has some decent guys. Oh, yeah, Serge Ibaka, too, you know. And, you know, yes, he did carry against Philly. You know, he did have to hit that shot to win that series. But I cannot bet against these Phoenix Suns, man. I, I really love this team. I love their energy, their passion. They're great on both ends of the floor. So I just can't see it, you know. I, I can't, especially when you have – um some certain players on your team who just aren't good they're, or, or they're very inconsistent. So I have to disagree with that take. Yeah. Um, 
I think if Kawhi played, it would go to seven games, but the Suns will still win. Even if, let's just say back in the first round, if Anthony Davis never got injured, the Suns still would have won a seven. And if Jamal Murray never scores ACL, the Suns still would have won in six or seven. So the Suns are a very competitive team. They're a very good team. They were going to win regardless of the injury situation. They were going to win. And if you disagree, I think you're not smart. Um, the next take. I'm going to kill his ass. <laughs> One of my boys just said, Paul George shits on you daily. Let me let me tell you something about Mr. Paul George. Um I don't I don't know if you you haven't been listening to this podcast or not. I don't care what you call him, you can call him PG, playoff P, pandemic P, Paulette, PG 2 to 13%, PG 13 reasons why. I I don't care, bro. He, he's not that guy. You you Paul George, you're not that guy. Um, okay, could he beat me in basketball? I would hope so. I mean, he's 6'8", I'm 5'2". Like, I, I would hope you can beat me, you know. I, <sighs> see, because, oh, see, bro, because I'm not even going to call you. I'm not even going to say your name on this podcast, bro. You know who you are, but I really, I'm low-key, like, you my boy and all, but I'm low-key want to smack you since instance. Uh, what Eastern Conference Finals started, bro? He was talking all this shit in my DMs, talking about oh Paul George, Clippers, Clippers going to the uh, NBA fight. Nah, the second that Game Six got out of hand, he started unsending messages and unsending messages and unsending message. Nah, bro, talking about Paul George. Nah, man, nah. Okay, yeah, he he could he. I would hope he can beat me, but um, he's not that guy. Sorry, he's just not. Not that guy. Uh, uh does Paul George get buckets? Yes. Does he shit daily every game on a consistent basis? It's like like dominates every single game. No. No, there are times where. He has failed to show up or perform mediocrely. Now, don't get me wrong. Paul George is a great player, and he's a franchise player. But when you're considered a franchise player, especially with teaming with Kawhi, who is hailed as the savior of the NBA, you have to show up and show out. And you cannot have any bad lapses to the point where people are literally making nicknames for you every time you fail. From Pandemic P, Paulette George, to what? What? What's next? <laughs> what? What's next? Paula George. I, I. I mean, if people are literally making nicknames every time you fail to show up, something is wrong and you need to do something about it. So I I disagree with the take. He does shit on other people time from time, but it's not on a consistent basis. 
and it's not when it matters. Like, you motherfuckers saw him shoot 75% in one game. Y'all like, oh, Paul George is legit. Playoff P, he done proved y'all wrong. And where is he at now? Um, I think um, it's called Cancun, right? I, I believe it's called Cancun. And Chris Paul is going to win his first NBA championship while Paul George is going to Cancun and Kawhi is getting ready to leave. And you know what, bruh? But I'm gonna move to the next take, bruh. I had to scroll through Reddit, find some wrestling hot takes. Um, John, I'm 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 gonna have you let you go first on this one, man. I can't believe this. Our okay. truth needs a world title run and deserves one. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. He had that push in 2011 when he became a heel. That was 10 years ago. It doesn't matter. When he had that run as a heel, people hated him. You know what? I was entertained by it. Yeah, it was against John Cena. And it was the era, the PG era. The PG era was ass. But R-Truth really had people hating him. He had heat. And I actually liked it. And um, I actually rewatched the uh, the Hell in the Cell video when him and the Miz broke in and they beat up everybody in that cell. I was entertained by it. I was like, wow, this dude can be a major heel in the WWE and can actually dominate. When he was in TNA and became NWA, World Heavyweight Champion, I actually liked his run as champion. And I understand R-Truth is a very funny guy. He's very funny. But when he's a heel, he can play that role very well and do the most craziest antics as a heel. Because I remember when he turned heel, he turned heel. He beat up John Morrison. And after he beat up John Morrison, he pulled out a pack of Marlboros. I believe it was. I remember that. He left a cigarette. <laughs> smoked the air on John Morrison. That is the most wildest disrespectful thing. I mean, it's not the wildest thing in WWE. Don't get me wrong. But it's still wild Yo. as a human being, as an individual, to have somebody lit up a cigarette in front of you while you're beat up on the ground. Put it in their mouth and smoke it out and have the smoke hit your body. That's totally disrespectful as a human being. Bro, because, like, I, I agree with everything you said, to, but I still have, like, I'm, I'm going to say my thoughts for a minute, bro, but I just need to, I just need to reflect, like, 20, 2011, 2012, our truth, bro, like, he should have got it then. Like, the 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 whole smoking thing, like, bro, I watched that live. And I had to be, like, 11, 12, and I I just felt like WWE was getting a little childish. And then I see this, and I'm like, oh, so they going to PG-13. That didn't happen. That didn't happen, but I'm like, yo, because this, like, our truth did some of the most disrespectful things i ever seen, bro. Like, he... This man blew a cigarette smoke on John Morrison. He went in the crowd, took a fan's drink, drank it, then threw it on the kid's dad. Like, he he was a great heel. 
I just don't think now that it will work at him, him being a world champion will work because WWE is that place in, in that where if they give you a character now, that's that's it. Like, you know, Roman, he he's different. You know, it's either you you get this character and you stuck with it or you have no character unless you like Nikki Cross and you come up with a stupid idea on your own. But, you know. R-Truth has been a comedy character for, like, the past six years, so I don't think anyone would take him seriously. That's, like, if they – yo, you remember Elimination Chamber when Santino went on that run? He can legit – like, people actually thought that he was going to beat Daniel Bryan in the chamber. That that – see, that, that was different in my eyes because, like, Santino was like completely over. Like our truth is like with this twenty four seven shit. It's just like, oh well, when will it end? You know. So I I just can't I I can't see it. Like I feel like it's too late to put a trigger on that. To be honest, like I know people have done it later in their career careers, but with our truth, I think it's too late. Now this this next hot take, um, I disagree with this wholeheartedly, and. John's going to be pissed when he hears this. <clears throat> Nikki Bella was actually very good. And it's anything else after Nikki Bella was actually good. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, bro. Whoever this is on WWE Reddit that said this, I'm glad you deleted your account. <laughs> No. <laughs> the Bella Twins were not good at wrestling. No, bro. they were not. Oh, my God. They, that's, no. No, that's, 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 that's bad. Like, oh, boy, that's, that's really, really horrible. bad. Like, how, how can you, how, if you were a fan of wrestling, how can you say this? Um. Probably was a Nikki Stan account. Oh, I wish Jane was on here already for me to say this one. The head of the table is boring as fuck. No. 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 Wrong. No. no. Like, okay, to the Roman haters out there, I understood your pain with the face when, when he was a face and you got pushed down at those. Because to be honest with you, I ain't really rock with Roman back then. But you cannot tell me that Roman as a heel is not one of the best things going in wrestling right now. Like, for one, look at the man. Like, he's actually believable. Now, does his belt look stupid? Yes, it does. It, it looks ridiculous. Personally, I think the newer Intercontinental title should have been the Universal title. To be completely honest with you, I think it would fit better, and they just kept the U the IC title the way it was. It looked it looks like a real belt, you know the the Universal and WWE Championships. They look like toys. So when he holds the belt, I'm like, yeah, he looks legit. But it was like he's holding up a toy. But he's doing some of the best character work he's ever done. Well, the best character work he's ever done. He doesn't even have to talk much. You know why? Because he has Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman. It's one of the greatest talkers of all time. And he, like, okay, because I know Jay, if Jalen was on here already, he, he would have been spazzing. But, like, 
Roman's moveset since he became the head of the table, it's still the exact same, but it feels like he has more passion. Like, yeah. he goes into his moves, and it's not like a, oh, we'll show up to the crowd. Like, he just, oh, no, I'm going in to kill you. Kill you. Like, He's aggressive did you see what this man did to Dominic Mysterio? Yeah, Daniel Bryan. Like, Edge, bro, like, man, I, I, I strongly disagree. Like, Roman, as head of the table, it's, he is one of the most adjusting to the pandemic acts that has become very well. He's head of the table. And when he does his promos, I've noticed that he's not yelling. He's not yelling when, like, when it's a live crowd, people, they yell in the mic. But since it's no crowd and it's a fake noise crowd, he's whispering. He whispers. And when he whispers, you want to lean closer to the TV and listen to what he's speaking. And he's, it's, it's grabbing your attention. It's the it's small grabbing detail. your attention. It's the small little detail because there's no crowd. And he's grabbing your attention. Like, what does this dude say? Hmm. 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 You know what? He's evil, but I like it. And then when he posted on Twitter, when when he was on the treadmill, just working out, and he's just talking shit. And he's and he's still whisper. They're like, you know what? I want to see this guy in person. And just, I just want to see him in person, just work out and just talk shit. Because I would be very entertained by that. I was very entertained by that. And then his moves, I was watching uh, when he had the last standing match with Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Well, I, I kind of hated that one, not going to lie. But that was more because of the yeah. finish, though. But when, when, um, when he was, uh, you know, about to lose, when he grabbed that ref and threw him through the steel, the steel pipes, I was like, oh my God, I hate Roman. It made you, it made you like, it made you hate him, but you love the move that he did as a heel. You love the move that he did as a heel. It was like, that is one of the most smartest heel moves ever is to get the ref involved and knock him out. So all the, so the crowd will like, go against you and I loved it I loved it and you was really rooting for him to lose that match but he won it in the most cheating way ever and I I, I liked it bro and then the crazy thing about it is like you know me and my sister like one of the like two of the things we bonded over for real for real basketball and wrestling besides our you know other brothers it's the stuff but I think it, yeah, it was WrestleMania, and my cousins got hooked because of Roman just being this horrible fucking human being, and like pe- people are actually getting invested because of Roman. But do y'all realize like 
Roman Reigns has legit had the most backward-ass careers ever, bro. Like, you know, when he was with The Shield, like, he didn't really get too much of... I mean, he got reactions, but, like, everybody was there for Seth Rollins and Moxley. I'm not calling that motherfucker Ambrose. And, like, that was a stupid name. But then, you know, they turn him face and they force it. He's getting booed, and he's not even in the building. Like, I remember, um, like, when that program with him and Cena, and then Cena was in the crowd just having to do random chants, and then he said, let's go Roman. The entire crowd, like, bro, even the kids were born. Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, when we, when fans are officially back, bro, Roman is about to get cheered into the building, bro, like, Roman went from getting booed out of the building to cheered into it, bro. That's insane. So I have to disagree with that take. But that's going to bring us to the end of worst takes. Continue to send your takes in. You guys have been sending some really interesting stuff in, triggering stuff, but interesting. And now we're going to move on to the wrestling side officially. And the first topic is how to properly book a triple threat match and um i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna start off with this because it's not hard it's not wwe i'm mainly talking to you when i say this it's not hard because wwe has this formula where they do is they just get like two main event guys where it could be one of them or actually no here's here's the wwe formula right yeah champion go up against the main challenger everybody knows the main challenger isn't gonna win but then you put some random in the middle of it and they're like oh well they're gonna take the pin like roman versus edge versus daniel bryan great match but the reason that i people didn't like it as much is because nobody everybody knew daniel bryan was not gonna win that like for example like look at um cena versus triple h versus randy orton that was one where nobody knew what to expect. And, you know, AJ Styles versus Kazarian, I mean, not Kazarian, uh, Chris Daniels versus Samoa Joe in TNA in 05. It could have been, it could have went anywhere. So here's how you do it. You put three, and it's really simple. You put three people in the match who are believable to actually win the damn thing. Like, it's not that hard. It's It's really not like, even a like AEW did it. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, man. Cause look, I love Orange Cassidy and all, but when they did that match, I'm thinking, okay, there's no way Orange Cassidy's winning this thing, right? And he actually went in, and for a split second, I actually thought they might put the belt on Orange Cassidy. And then the thing about it is, they did a little swerve where instead of Orange Cassidy getting the pin. They did it on plaque. Like they that that was crazy to me. The best way to do it, just make sure it's believable. It's it's really not hard. Like, I don't know why WWE continues to do this formula. It, it's stupid and everybody sees through it. But you know, I I I don't care if it's a good match, man. Like, y'all can tell me, like, oh well, it was a great match. I'm like, yeah, but did it make sense logically from a story standpoint? Because like y'all gotta understand, like wrestling is drama too like that's like um i'm trying to think what movie was like if an actor or actress had a great role but the movie itself was absolutely terrible like 
you you can't have you you got to have both in order for it to work. But John, what do you what do you think? Like, what is the best way to properly book a triple threat? Best way, probably book a triple threat is to like have like a number one contenders match. Then that number one contenders match ends in like a double count out, double disqualification, or draw. And it leads to suspicion. Can these two beat one another while the main champion is waiting for them? And then do like a Teddy Long, be like, all right, since both of y'all didn't win, I'm going to do a triple threat match. And y'all go fight for the title. Now, one thing, I'm going to add a stipulation. I really don't like in triple threat matches when the champion doesn't get pinned, nor does he tap out. Uh, I think about uh, WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan made Batista tap out. I think it should be like a triple threat elimination match. That would be fun. Elimination match, and if if the non if the non title winner if the non title challenger gets eliminated first he's out. But if the champion, like if he gets eliminated first, then it's kind of like the the championship scramble back in two thousand nine. Then uh, the person who made him like get eliminated is considered the new champion, and then the last two did you just fight it out? Hey, bro, that just reminded me, bro. They need to bring that back for real. The championship scramble, bro, that was cool. Like we got Brian Kendrick as WWE champion for like two minutes, bro. That that was, <laughs> we need to bring that back, man. But it could all be so simple. Like, it's not hard to book it properly. Like, okay, because the storyline is always the exact same. DQ or countout. That's the only part I really disagree with you about. Because most of the time, that's how it's always done. And, you know, I think it should just be, like, another way to get there. Like, triple threat matches nowadays, they're either number one contendership or just filler like somebody got to be the third man to get pinned to make both of them look strong but you know to your point when you know the chat when the champion don't get pinned it kind of makes it look like the person who won the match was a little scared that they weren't gonna be able to pin them so i agree with you on that standpoint but it's it's so easy to just get it right like it's right there like it just doesn't make sense. But moving to our next wrestling topic. And this one, um I've said it on I've said my opinion, my thoughts on it multiple times on here, but the GOAT of professional wrestling. 
And I have to say AJ Styles. I because what can't the man do? Like he's thrived in every every role he's been in. He's never had bad music. He's insanely athletic, even to be at his age, because I know he's like getting closer to 50 day by day. And even the booking and terrible decisions of Monday Night Raw cannot destroy AJ Styles. Do I think that this this tag team will almost ain't working? Yeah, but AJ is still doing what needs to be done. Like he, and if you want to say like, oh, AJ Styles has never really had like a a character character. Well, look what's happened when he's had a character character. Because that's when other companies book him into corners and he can't do anything about it. Like in TNA, they booked him as the second coming of Ric Flair. And let me, let me, Dixie Carter, I want to ask you this question personally. Where at, at any point in AJ Styles' career did he give off vibes of Ric Flair? AJ Styles, I mean, he can be cocky, but him coming out in a robe and wooing, no, that's that's not AJ. That's that's not that no, that's not AJ Styles. So when it comes to character work, I mean He's just himself, and that's all you can really ask of somebody. Like, people say, like, oh, well, you got to have a character. Like, if he's being himself, that works. Like, somebody call Ricochet and tell him to do that. You know, no shade to Ricochet. I know David's not on here to defend him, but, like, just tell Ricochet to be himself. Like, he's just kind of there, you know. But that that's my personal choice of the GOAT. John, who, who is your GOAT of pro wrestling? My goat of pro wrestling is Ric Flair. Ric Flair elevated the wrestling business to what it is today. This man not only dominated the NWA, he also had a great run in WCW and also had a great run in the WWE. This man is a, what, 15, 16-time world champion? Yeah, 16. 16-time world champion? He created that standard of multiple worlds, of being a multiple-time world champion. He mentored Triple H, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mentored Triple H if it wasn't for Ric Flair, we wouldn't have the swagger and the cockiness of John Cena. We wouldn't have the craziness of Randy Orton. Ric Flair is that guy. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he utilized his arrogance to put him on top. He had the robe, he had the music, he had the promo to back it up. He had the promo. Even at 60, 70 years old, he still had the promo to back it up. I was watching the other day his promo with Jay Lethal in TNA. 
that is one of the greatest back and forth promos I have ever seen. That is one of the most hilarious moments TNA ever had. <laughs> I mean, that literally yo held TNA together while during while they had it was while I was having this decline. It literally had TNA hold its pieces pieces together. And the crazy thing about it, that whole promo was almost ruined by Desmond Wolf. It was almost ruined by Desmond Wolf. But the fact that Jay Lethal had created a great impression of Ric Flair showed how influential Ric Flair is in the wrestling industry. It shows how in, how very influential Ric Flair is. So I think Ric Flair is the GOAT of wrestling. If it wasn't for Ric Flair, there wouldn't be a lot of wrestlers in the wrestling industry. I mean, yeah, we have The Undertaker, and yeah, we have Stone Cold and The Rock. But they are separate from Ric Flair. Ric Flair has, like, a farming system where he's, like, the, the major league, and you got Triple H, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton. They're, like, the minor leagues, and they came up potentially to his level. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of guys you could have had in that spot, though, like, you know, AJ, Ric Flair, Austin, Rock, Cena. But a name that you will not hear on that list to you radical, not radical, you conservative, Republican, left-wing, horrible, trash-ass human beings is Hulk Hogan, okay? Hulk Hogan is not that guy. Not that guy. Okay. Not that guy. Okay. Let me let me just say this, bro, because the way that Hulk Hogan was just like y'all were mad about Cena and Roman. Did y'all not? Because y'all generation that likes Hulk Hogan, I think Hulk Hogan is the goat. WrestleMania nine, when. Yokozuna and Bret Hart, that show was already bad. Like, Yokozuna and Bret Hart, they kind of had a, a strange match, and Yokozuna ends up winning. And then, oh, Hulk Hogan comes out, and he says, hey, um, I want your title. And he's supposed to be the biggest baby face of all time, and he just steals it from Yokozuna and Hulk Hogan. I mean, not in uh, Bret Hart. Hulk Hogan could not wrestle at all. Um, his finisher was stupid. Um, even for it to be the 1980s, how do you lose to a leg drop? I'm sorry. Like, if the leg drop was like, oh, actually, like, if they said, like, oh, it's a leg drop to the throat, I could see that. But it's a leg drop to the chest. Like, there's there's nothing special about that. Um, it just wasn't good. Um and I'm glad Hulk Hogan embarrassed him in SummerSlam 2005 because he deserved it. Um, I'm glad, well, and I'm glad that he just, he's gotten canceled because that man almost single-handedly ruined total nonstop action just from his presence. Like, I don't even want to watch Impact Wrestling because he ruined TNA. 
okay, like, you know, he got rid of the six-sided ring. Okay, that makes sense because people were saying that it was painful to work in that environment. But then he changes the whole show. Like, he makes the show go from red to blue, and it's like a, a strange shade of blue that sh- shouldn't be wrestling colors, and you change the name from TNA Impact to Impact Wrestling and Dixie Court. No. Like, he killed. He helped kill WCW, and he helped kill TNA. That's why WCW no longer exists and why TNA is Impact Wrestling. Now, Impact, I mean, it's okay, but I mean, nobody's watching Impact anymore. Like, it's Hulk Hogan, man. But now we're done with the wrestling side, and I'm going to talk about somebody I hate just as much as Hulk Hogan in the NBA. And it's really, actually, it's not even just one person. It's an entire team. The Los Angeles Clippers, ladies and gentlemen. I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all. Y'all said, oh, well, it's different this year. They had their chance to make their mistakes. Kawhi and Paul George aren't going to do that again. Kawhi didn't. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that boy bonjour <laughs> that man's ass get him out of here Patrick Beverly um okay so many of y'all who listen to this podcast y'all already know but for those who don't Jarrell was in Twitter jail for 12 hours because after what Patrick Beverly did to Chris Paul I had I had some choice words you know this is an uncensored podcast but I'm not going to repeat those words on here but I was in Twitter jail for 12 hours and I, I couldn't even scroll through Twitter. Like they told me, oh, you can DM people and you can still see tweets. They wouldn't even let me scroll for 12 hours. So Patrick Beverly, first of all, you was wrong for putting your hands on, on Chris Paul like that. I won't smoke with you anyway. If I see you in person, I'm going to have a can of Ray with me and I'm going to spray your roast looking ass off rip. I hate you. Go to Shane. Go. Go 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 to the Shadowdown Tigers. You're not even worth Shanghai Sharks. You're that bad. You you want Shadowdown Tigers? <laughs> Let's see. Reggie, I already talked about Reggie, man. You you to earn your flowers. You to earn the bag. Um, Marcus Morris, you had a couple of good games, but you trash. Terrence Mann, you had that 39 point game against Utah, and you know I like you, but you're not you're not that guy. Nick Batum, I don't know where you came from. I don't know where this ability came from because you, you you, weren't even playing like this in Portland, okay? Like when you, when you were in the best years of your career, you weren't even playing like this. You averaged five points a game last year. Now all of a sudden you banging on everybody? No, sir. I believe it's drugs. I don't know what drugs, but it's a drug. I know. I, you know, Serge Ibaka, you know, he he was injured, so I can't talk about him. But he played decent. Luke Kennard, I love Luke Kennard, so I can never bash Luke Kawhi. I'm, I wish Stephen A. hadn't said what he said. This man said the Clippers need to move on from Kawhi. No, Kawhi needs to oh. move from the Clippers. I don't know. Look, you can go anywhere else, man. Honestly, if you came to Detroit, I know you ain't going to come to Detroit because we ain't, that, we, we ain't got no money to afford you. And we ain't trading. We ain't trading our K Cunningham pick for you. I'm sorry. Plus, you worth more than the whole team combined. But if you wanted to come, we 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 try to make a way 
for you. Um, let's see who else is on this team. Oh, Rondo. Oh, Rondo, 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 Rondo. You pissed me off the most. Because, you know, you was with LA. You was playoff Rondo. We expected you to go off, you know. Then, for some odd reason, you left the defending champions to go to, at the time, an Atlanta Hawks team that nobody besides me expected to be any good. Then you got traded to the Clippers. And we're thinking like, uh, that ain't gonna work. And what happened? Cancun on three. Mm-hmm. Zubat. Cancun on three. No, no, no comment. Um Paulette. <sighs> oh, Paulette, 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 Paulette. Damn, I wish Jane was on here to talk shit. But you ass. You you suck. You're not good. Okay? I just want you to know that right now. Paul George has not redeemed himself ESPN. Or Paul George, first of all, if you're a Paul George fan, I strongly suggest you stop listening to this podcast right now. If you're a Clippers fan, I'm convinced you don't actually watch basketball because that is the most casual team I've ever... How is a team full of NBA players casuals? How how are they casuals and they play the game? How can you be that bad? I don't understand. But with that being said, the Phoenix Suns are about to win their very first in well not yeah, their first NBA title. But more importantly, Chris Christopher Emmanuel Paul. Is about to get that ring we have been trying to get him for 16 years. And it was so fitting that of all teams to beat to get to the finals. <laughs> he had a 41-point game against the team that ruined his chances of getting there. The Los Angeles Clippers. That is poetic justice. And I'm 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 so happy for Chris Paul, man. I, I love Chris Paul, Devin Booker, AN, hashtag campaign for campaign, man. You know, get him a bag, Jay Crowder. I love you, bro. Like that that salsa dance you did on Bronny got ejected, man. You've been hooping ever since that, man. I love that. That that is a that is a team. Mikhail Bridges, too, man. You you a great three and D wing, man. You I love Phoenix, bro. Like Phoenix is that team you you should bandwagon. Like I said from the get go, Chris Paul on this team, Phoenix is gonna be a problem. I just don't have my Phoenix jersey or hoodie or t-shirt yet. But John, what do you think about the Los Angeles Clippers season and the Phoenix Suns heading to the finals? The Los Angeles Clippers, um, I like them, but. They were not going to win against Phoenix. They weren't. And Patrick Beverly, he's just out of his mind. That shove he did on Chris Paul was very unnecessary, disrespectful, unsophisticated, immature, just what in the world? Chris Paul hit a, he hit a shot on you. He was going off, and you was guarding him. He was going off on you. 
And the fact that you couldn't accept the L, be humble and try, like, you know what, let's get him back next year. You were like, you know what, I'm going to just push him in the back. Like, that literally made no sense at all. Patrick, like, like what Russell Westbrook said, Patrick Beverly, he's just running around doing nothing. And that's what Patrick Beverly is. DeMarcus Cousins, I have to say, he had a lot of potential. And I understand injuries hampered that. But you cannot be acting arrogant and be an asshole on the court to Devin Booker when you lost game two and you just shoved him. I understand Devin Devin Booker talks a lot of trash. But you don't just shove a player like that, even after you lose. You just don't do that. Especially when you had that defensive last, when you could have turned your back against the basket and forced Jay Crowder to pass the ball from the inbounds at an angle. That's your fault. Uh, Terrence Mann, I respect, because I have nothing to hate against him. Kawhi Leonard, I have nothing to hate against him. And Giannis is out for game six. Well, um, hopefully we get to Monday and maybe this is going to game seven. I I, I hope so. Um, I like the Hawks a lot. But um, I just want to say this for the record, man. I know when a, when a player goes off in the playoffs, people are quick to say, like, oh, that's one of the greatest playoff performances I've ever seen. But what Chris Paul did in game six, it has to be up there because after going nine for 25 in the games you played, in the first two games you played, right? After having COVID. To score 41 and go seven of eight from three, like – Let's 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 look at the way Chris Paul played and the way Paul George played. Paul George, I mean, he was putting shots up, but he was playing and shooting like it was like, oh well, I'm gonna shoot this, but I hope it's gonna go in. Anytime Chris Paul shot the ball, even if he missed, he like, oh yeah, this is this is in, this is going in. And like Chris Paul has to be like if Chris Paul isn't your in in your discussion for top three point guards of all time, like he's he's top five to me. He was already top five to me, but if he's not at least in your conversation of top three, that's a problem. Like, don't tell me about John Stockton. No, I like Russ. I love Russ, but he ain't better than no Chris Paul. It's we got Magic and Steph between one and two, and we got Chris Paul in number three. That that's that's up. That's the end of the story, bro. Four. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, who, so who's the other one you would put over Chris Paul? Allen Iverson. Mm, I mean, hey, I played more too though. Like he played more shooting guard than point guard. So, mm, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll I mean, he's up there, but you know. Because 
AI went to the finals in his once in his career as well. But if the Phoenix Suns win this NBA title, like I think, like I'm 99.9% sure they will. Chris Paul is up like guaranteed top three. I I have I have to say he's top three all time, most definitely, man. Cause I mean, Magic and Steph, that's a that's a different level. But I mean, Chris Paul has been great his whole career. Everybody was talking about he was washed. And when the Phoenix Suns won the NBA title, guess who the finals MVP is most likely going to be? And I love Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker been hooping. But that boy CP3, nah, man, this, this, is, this is Chris Paul's time. This is definitely Chris Paul's time to shine. And our last NBA topic. Speaking of finals teams, this one is going to ruffle a little bit of feathers, but our last topic is the worst NBA championship team of all time. And, John, you can answer this one first. Worst NBA championship team of all time. I'm going to have to say the Washington Bullets. When they beat the Seattle Supersonics in the finals, I believe. Uh, I know that they were not a very good team. And they were not meant to win the championship that year. And they had like a mediocre record that year, I believe. I believe they went like 44 and 38 that year. And yeah, they were they were not a good team. So I would have to say the Washington Bullets. Uh, I think it was 1978 when he won the championship. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. That that was my pick, too. For them, they only went 44 games. And to not only be the number three seed in the league, but NBA champions, that's kind of iffy. Now, they did beat, you know, solid teams in San Antonio and, the, and Philly to get there, but that Seattle, Seattle Supersonics team that they faced, they only won three games more than they did. So I have to agree. But since it's, it's, it's kind of easy to make that decision, I want to talk about some teams that people have said are some of the worst and I have to disagree with. First of all, the 1995 Houston Rockets. Um, I don't care that Michael Jordan didn't play. They were a really good team, you know, um, for, for people to say, to discredit these players, to discredit Akeem the Dream, Olajuwon. It's unacceptable. Mr. Dream Shape, unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I won't stand for it. People saying, oh, well, they only won the title because Michael Jordan was gone. Really? It, 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 really? I don't think so. You know, I think the Bulls definitely were going to be in the finals. But that could have been – there's a possibility it could have been Michael Jordan's one loss in the finals. Another team that I've heard people say is one of the worst, it's very close to home. The 2004 Detroit Pistons, 
And it's mainly been these California ass casuals, salty that the Lakers lost. <laughs> Let me tell you something. To the people who have said this, I get it. The Lakers lost. Now, I'm happy for that. You know, y'all are upset about it, but listen, Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, one of the most clutch players in playoff history, Rip Hamilton, his footwork changed the NBA. Like, I'm not saying this just because, like, as a Pistons fan, like, Rip Hamilton's footwork went crazy. As a matter of fact, in one of one of Devin Booker's post-game, most recent post-game interviews, he even said Rip Hamilton was one of his favorite players, was his favorite player at the time. So when he had, when he got the chance to put the mask on because of the broken nose, he started watching Rip highlights again. Tayshaun Prince, one of the most underrated defenders in the league, who had one of the most clutch blocks in playoff history, the block on Reggie Miller. Rasheed Wallace, a power four who was ahead of his time, a stretch four ahead of his time, could play defense and could shoot the three. And Big Ben Wallace, the Shaq stopper. And y'all want to call this one of the worst teams ever just because they were known for more for their defense? You got to play both sides to win titles. And they did both to the best of their abilities, and they won the fucking titles. So shut up. Shut your mouths. Seriously. But, uh, John, were there any teams that you feel that people say are one of the worst title, title champions ever that you just feel like they just get disrespected? Um, yeah, uh, I would say, what was it, the Detroit Pistons in 04. Um, Miami Heat, 2006. Because they were down 0-2 against the Dallas Mavericks and D Wade literally, literally carried them back. They literally had to carry them back in the finals. And also they barely got passed against the 41 and 41 Chicago Bulls in the first round. And plus people were like like really wondering can Shaq win another title? Because Shaq was aging, he was getting older. So, I I think the 2006 Mavericks, well, not Mavericks, 2006 Heat. Yeah. What about the 2011 Mavericks? Do you think that they're one of the worst, or do you think that they get too much hate just because LeBron was playing trash? No, I think 2011 Mavericks, they get a lot of love. They get a lot of love for winning that, for winning the finals that year. They get a lot of love because they they beat the Lakers and they beat a young OKC Thunder team. I understand OKC Thunder; they were very young, but if you remember the next year, they beat the Spurs. So, oh, so the Mavericks, they were very imp- impressive that year. And they were also down in the series 2-1, I believe. So. Yeah. I mean, because oh, I've, I've seen people say that they just – they were one of the worst teams. But let's when we look at the facts, like, again, they beat a young OKC team. Yeah, they were young. But that same OKC team 
the next year went to the NBA Finals. Did LeBron play like shit? Yes, but that means they held LeBron down. They played good defense on LeBron. Dirk went crazy. Jason Kidd, hell, even Jason Terry went off. Like, they, they had a really good team, you know? Plus, like, if they beat a team, regardless of how they did it, if they beat a championship team, that's that's wonderful. Like, the competition that they had, they had to get there, first of all. And the competition they had to face was intense. Again, yes, it was the Big Three's first year together. But, I mean, they were one of the best. They were that team to beat when they got together. And they beat them. So, but honestly, like, I've honestly seen more LeBron hate than Mavericks 2011 love from that. Because, I mean, people always point to that series whenever LeBron, like, when, you know, the the Jordan versus Bron GOAT conversation. Everybody like, oh, well, Michael Jordan never had a bad finals run. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's true. But, like, that was his, what, second finals ever? Yeah. On route to 10, you know. But I, I just don't agree with them getting so much hate. And there's a lot of NBA teams that get hate because, oh, well, a certain star didn't play or – you know, but injuries happen. Like, that's just the NBA. Like, if you want to put an asterisk on the championship, you got to put an asterisk on everyone because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 Toronto Raptors. Um, KD guard. I believe KD and Clay Thompson were both hurt. And DeMarcus Cousins. Well, Boogie won that much of a factor anyway, but they weren't winning that title if KD and Clay were, were healthy. Golden State. In 2015, they weren't winning if Kyrie and Caleb weren't hurt. It's just facts, but we we have to give we have to give these teams credit where credit is due. You know, I can't like even though I didn't like um, the Washington Bullets team, I can't put ashes on that title because they're champions at the end of the day. Like they won a championship, so you got to give them some flowers, even if they're the worst. But with that being said, that is going to bring us to the conclusion of this episode of Hooplex. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy, and we will see you guys next week.